thank you for this opportunity once again. We love you. And we take our time to simply receive from you collectively. You know what every one of us, what we need. You know what our hearts are saying even right now and what's going through our minds and there's thoughts. There's things that we need to do, things that have to get done. But, Lord, we covenant right now in this moment, the rest of the time that we spend together to focus upon you. We're asking you to speak to us by your spirit. Lord, we thank you that our hearts are good ground, good soil for the word of God. And as the word of God goes forth, it is a lamp, a light unto our pathway, and it dispels all the darkness. And so, Lord, we come together. We're asking you, Holy Spirit, have your way in this time, in this session, as the word goes forward. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, and we're going to begin to look there together. And uh, what I'd like for you to do is look at verse 1. Verse 1 simply says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Isn't that something? And then it seems like, though, Paul, who is teaching here and teaching the church and talking about spiritual gifts, that there is intentionally he's talking about, I do not want you to be ignorant. And it's amazing that nowadays in our churches, and I'm not slamming any church, don't misunderstand me, but that we have either uh, uh, just willingly set aside these gifts We have willingly, for whatever purpose, decided not to teach on the Holy Spirit and the importance of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. We have just chosen sometimes because for for many it's not common or it's not comfortable or we don't want to turn anyone away. But you see, these are gifts that were given to us by God. And there's no, and no means should we relegate it to a corner or to come on out to any area. We should, we should allow the Spirit of God to move in our lives as He wills and desires to do. So everybody say, say, be ignorant. And that's what happens. Now, ignorant doesn't mean that, that you're dumb and without knowledge. It's just that there's, there's like a lack of understanding. So he is saying here, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. Look in your notes with me, and it says this, and we're going to fill in a couple of blanks. Notice this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is striving to bring man to a place of reconciliation. Reconciliation. And we begin to understand this as well, that reconciliation with God. And here it is. He desires to use us for that purpose. God desires to use every one of you for the purpose of bringing man back to reconciliation with him. Those who are lost, those who need help, those, I mean, they're just blind. And you got the blind leading the blind. Because of this, he has given us gifts. Aren't you glad about that? That we have gifts that God has given us to help us to bring in the end time harvest. Also in your notes, it says this about the gifts, that the gifts are not optional. Notice this, or returnable. Isn't that neat? Because I mean, how many have ever, has anybody ever given you a gift and say, you know what? I mean, that was a nice gift. I'll go ahead. I want it back. Come on. No, see, I've never had anybody do that. And if they did, man, that's, they didn't give it to you, did they? Mm-mm, they're just showing it to you. They're just teasing you. So, but here's the thing. God is saying, I'm giving you a gift. I'm giving you the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're not returnable. They're not returnable. He's given them to us, and he wants us to use them. And when we connect, why, and understand, getting understanding for the end-time harvest to bring in souls, to bring people in, we're like, yes, Lord, we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit to reach people. And then it says also this, we should understand them 
and flow in them effectively. Come on, somebody. Accurately and with great power. And with great power. Now, I don't believe, you know, that we all know this, that God is not the author of confusion. Come on, he is the God of peace. And so there is, a, there is an understanding, there is a flow, there is this how God desires to move in his church. And what we have to do, I believe, as believers, is get understanding of how the gifts of the Spirit operate and understand this, that when we use them properly, people are being blessed. People not running away. People not thinking you're crazy. Don't go down to that church because, whoa, my goodness, all their, man, they're just running all over the place. They're swinging from the chandeliers. They're doing this. See, come on. See, that's, that's giving the church a bad name. But when you begin to understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're never intended to be used that way. And here we have Paul speaking to the church at Corinth about that very subject, about that very subject. So we, we can learn. We can learn. Now, notice this. We're going to pick up in verse 7. It says the gifts are broken into three categories. I call them the three M's, the three M's. And as you can see here in your notes, and then we'll go back, you have A, the manifestational gifts, B, ministerial gifts, and C, motivational gifts. So we're going to talk about these. So let's begin reading in verse 7 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And let's look at B, ministerial gifts. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, begins to share with us about these ministerial gifts. So we can see here there's manifestational gifts because as you're turning there, verse 7 said of 1 Corinthians 12, it simply said this, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. To, for what purpose? To profit. Everybody say profit. To profit with all. But then not only are there manifestational gifts, there's ministerial gifts. The ministerial gifts, these speak of offices. And you know, offices, only certain members of the body are called to these offices. It's not everyone. Everyone that's called is not called to these offices. There are those that the Lord chooses and chooses, excuse me, and puts upon their heart. Now notice it says this. And and I'm going to read verse eleven and go down to verse fourteen. So follow along with me, please. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, or we could say a a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Now, I'm going to give you a, a simple way to remember these ministerial gifts, and that's in your notes here. You'll see where it says first, the thumb. So if you look at your hand, very simple. So when you look at your hand from now on, you're going to say, oh, man, here we have the ministerial gifts. It's going to help you. So the thumb, you see, is the apostle. 
And when you understand the thumb is the apostle, the apostle, here's what happens. The apostle touches all the other ministries. Just like on your hand, your thumb, your thumb can touch all your fingers. And so what happens is the apostle touches all the ministries because he or she has to fill those roles. Notice this, and gets along with all the other offices. And listen, he or she is the pioneer or the entrepreneur that establishes. So that's what an apostle does. And so then what does, what, what's next? We have the index finger. Look at your index finger. Isn't it funny? You see what a prophet, what a prophet does is this here. It says when you point your index finger is what for pointing. Have you ever pointed at anybody like this before? You ever do that before? Point anybody? This is what, this is what a prophet does. A prophet points out, listen, error, and points the direction, but not directing, but pointing, but pointing. And so when you look at your hand, you say, okay, now wait a minute. Here's what I have first. I have what? The apostle. Then I have the prophet. And then we look at the long middle finger. Guess what? That's the evangelist. And the evangelist, because the evangelist reaches out, extending. Because, see, most, most of, of, if we look at that finger there, it's longer than all the rest. Isn't that right? So we have here simply the evangelist because the evangelist reaches out, extending, calling others to come to the body of Christ. And then the ring finger. The ring finger in your notes is the pastor. And the pastor simply is this. It's one who is married to the flock. It's married to the flock, loving and cherishing it and keeping up with the day-to-day aspects of their flock. Now, can I, can I tell on myself a little bit? I'm just going to talk, talk to you. When I was in Bible school, and I was like, okay, Lord, you know, what, what are we going to do here? Because I, I'd rather just go ahead and just, just teach. You know, I really don't want to pastor. I mean, you know, here, who are we trying to tell the Lord what we won't do? You know what I'm saying? But I mean, I'm having this conversation with him. And then I'm like, you know, I don't know, Lord, if I'm supposed to teach, if I'm supposed to pastor or preach, or what am I supposed to do along these lines? And so one of the reasons being, I'm just telling myself, I said, Lord, as we're having a discussion, like I'm talking to you, I said, one of the main reasons why, and this is where I was, not where I am now, is that I just don't want to change a bunch of diapers. Did you catch that? But the Lord dealt with my heart, and I'm changing diapers. Don't look at me like that. I say, what are you talking about? Is he talking about me? No, I ain't talking about you. I'm just talking about the role of the pastor. Come on now, right? The one who is married to the flock, who's loving and cherishing it, keeping up with the day-to-day aspects of their flock. Well, the little finger, the little finger, the little finger is the teacher, the teacher, the one who is picky, picky about details, you know, and one who's willing to make a concern, you know, about the little things and a big deal over, I would say, just little nuances. That's what a teacher does. You know, a teacher will actually dot those I's and cross those T's, and that's what a teacher does. So now we understand. Let's look at the fivefold ministry. The thumb, apostle, index finger, prophet, come on, long evangelist, pastor, teacher. Wow. See, you just saw something. We can go home right now. All right. There it is. So we're helping out along those ways. All right. So we see that in dealing with the ministerial gifts. Well, let's go down the seat. So we have to look at Romans chapter 12, verse four first. Romans chapter 12, verse four reads this way. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Notice. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verse 6. Having these then gifts differing according to the grace 
that is given to us. Let us use them if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And the thing about the motive when we're dealing with these gifts here uh, and see is that they speak mainly of talents. Every one of you, I believe, God has given you a talent. They speak of talents. They speak of abilities. All believers have these gifts. And so this is how that we can partake of it and come together, parts of our personality and parts of our makeup. Aren't you glad that God made everybody different, that nobody else is like you? Come on, somebody. Because, you know, if they were like you, man, we're just like, like seeing ourselves everywhere we go. Amen. And so God made all these different personalities. Now, some personalities we get along with, some we don't. We need to learn how to get along with everybody. Come on now. But what happens is because they're different personalities, when we begin to understand the purpose of these personalities and how we can help one another, then we begin to embrace the personalities. That's why we're embracing the giftings. We're embracing the different abilities that God has given to different members in the body of Christ. But a lot of times what happens is this. Instead of embracing and understanding, man, people begin to fall out with one another because I'm supposed to do this and I'm supposed to do that. Come on, I don't know if you've been in that kind of church before. But I'm supposed to do this, and I'm the head of this and head of that. But that's not what it's all about. See, and what we have to learn how to do is work together when everyone is in their place, when everyone is functioning according to the giftings and calling that God has placed in you. I'm telling you what you're talking about, a mighty moving church that, listen, the devil can't stop. Listen, man can't stop. Come on now, because everybody is praying. Everybody is in their place. Everyone is doing what God has called them to do. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. We have to realize God has not called me to be you. He has not called you to be me. What God has called us to do is to be who we are, and we step up, we step out, and we do all that God has called us to do because we have to stand before him. Can you say amen to that? And because the gifts that he's given us, every one of us. So you have a gifting in you. You have a talent. And can I share some good news? That is not to be, listen, not for you to sit in your seats. Come on, somebody. Can I talk to you? I'm being the pastor now, all right? So it's not for you to sit in our seats and just say, okay, well, we're going to let pastor do all that. We're going to let the praising team, praise and worship team do all that. No, we all can get involved and we all should be involved because we all can give out. So let's look at some of these areas together. Prophecy. What is prophecy? Prophecy is simply this. It's predicting for edifying. And let me say this, that if anyone's prophesying to you, know this, that it should be filled with love and edification. It should be building you up, not tearing you down. I have many people that said, brother, I have a word for you. Well, first of all, you know, I have to be willing to receive that word you know, and my heart and my spirit have to be willing to agree with that. But then if we say, okay, I'm willing to listen to what you believe God has said you have for me. But the moment, in a moment it starts going, not that it's not bearing witness with my spirit, but it's not encouraging. Hello, it's not edifying. It's not building up. Then I was like, wait a minute, because in a prophecy or the words when you're dealing with prophecy, the whole deal is not to point out something wrong, but it's also to do what? To edify. See, we serve a God of love, a God who's concerned, a God who cares. And he will build you up regardless of what kind of mess you're in. Come on, somebody. He'll build you up. Listen, he'll encourage you and tell you to get back on your feet and do what I've called you to do. See? And that's what should be happening if we use these gifts prof- you know, uh, properly. How about ministry? 
Listen to this. Ministry is simply to serve or service, using God-given talents to serve. Music, hospitality, I can go on and on and on. Every one of you, every one of you, have, you have a gift. You say, what am I supposed to do? I encourage you to seek God. I encourage you to get on your knees and pray. Say, Lord, what have you called me to do? What, 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 what is my niche? What am I supposed to be doing in the body of Christ? Because I want to fulfill my purpose. I want to do all that you've called me to do. I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. And then we have those who are giving to teach, teaching. But it's different than understanding Ephesians 4.11, those who are called in the five-fold ministry. But it's still to teach or to exhort. Have you ever been around someone? I tell you, man, I mean, this, it just comes out of them, you know, to invite, to call, to call or, to, you know, to comfort. They just exhort you because they've been given to that gifting, to leaning to that in their life. It seems like no matter what comes out of their mouth or comes out of their heart, it's like, brother, sister, I love you. I'm praying for you. God loves you, you know, I'm, you know, and just encouraging words. Man, you know, we like to be around those people, don't we, see? But you know what? That God has, God has called people and placed in them, come on, the ability to do that. And then how, how about giving? Giving. Now, a lot of times, as soon as we hear the word giving, we go, oh, no, we shift in a whole nother gear because all we think that giving includes is just financially. That's not true. Giving is giving of your time. Giving of your talent. Come on. Giving of your abilities. Yes, God may have called you and blessed you to give of your finances. There are those that I know in the body of Christ that no matter what they do, everything they touch just grows and increase. They've got money just coming out of everywhere. And they say, you know what? God has blessed me because he's made me a blessing to give, just to give. And I say, well, how does that work? And he said, what happens is I'm praying, and then the impression, the Holy Spirit begins to deal with my heart. And I may, and then someone's face may come up before me. Someone's name may come before me. Or I may walk past someone. Or I'm praising, and I'm worshiping God. And then God drops in my spirit, do this, do that. And there's no limitations because God has blessed that person to do it. And they obey God. I said they obey God. And I believe there's nothing worse, nothing worse. And you know it, just like in sports and athletics, I'm very big in that, that you see people who are gifted and talented, and they're not using their talent. I tell someone, man, who's six five, six six, you know, what do you do? When I see him, what have you done? That's me. That's that, that's that athletic director in me, you know, that coach in me. Have you played volleyball? Have you played basketball? No. Then what did you do? You did something. You know, did you play tennis? I don't care. You did something, didn't you? You got all that wonderful high. I said, did, were, you, did you, were you in a band? Did you do something? What did you do? What do you do? I said, because look at me. I'm so short. You know what I'm saying? And I said, I wish I had that height. Come on, tell me you did something with it. You know, so, but, uh, but I just look up like, wow. You know, I know we're not supposed to be envious, but I'm just saying, wow, Lord. And I go back to those yesteryears, if I was that tall, Wow, I would have made that dunk or I would have made that layup. You know what I'm saying, stuff like that. Yeah, okay, sure. Anyways, living out the past, all those dreams. But then some are given to give. How about to lead? Do you know there are those, and people say naturally born leaders, but I don't use the word naturally born leaders. I believe God-given. There is an ability on the inside of them that they'll walk into a room, and then all of a sudden they begin to see things. And they can begin to see production. They can begin to see how things flow together. Everybody working together. They're given the leadership. They're given the leadership. And they lead well. 
And then those who have mercy. Oh, man, thank God for those who have mercy, who will just simply reach out, who will just, you know, encourage, who will simply come alongside those who are hurting, brothers and sisters who have fallen, who have gotten, you know, their knees scraped up. Aren't you glad that there's those in the body of Christ that will just come and just wrap their arms around them, praise God, and lift them up? That's what they're supposed to do. They have mercy flowing out of them. They have this compassion, just loving and reaching out uh, to people. Now, let me just do this real quickly, just a few minutes that we have left. And I want to just break down, and we're going to continue next week, and then we're going to move right into talking about evangelism and connecting it to Back to Church Sunday. But let's take a quick look at the manifestational gifts so that we have a great understanding of this, and we're not going to break them down to the degree where I'm going to talk about each of them this week, but we will next week. And so notice this, the manifestational gifts. These gifts are given by God to secure the church against the devil, the world, and the flesh. This, what am I talking about? The manifestational gifts. If you look in your notes, we talked about these things, right, that God has given us. And then it says this, they represent, and this is so important, here's your blank, they represent a co-action. That word is a co-action with the human personality and the divine powers of God working together. And so when you see the manifestational gifts working, then it's God and the anointing and the Holy Spirit working together with the human spirit. And so that he's using us to be, listen, to be dynamic and to be powerful in the ministry. Now, there's three categories, three categories of these gifts. One is revelation. Everybody say revelation. Now, the revelation gifts, is, you see here, is the word of wisdom. We read that. The word of knowledge, the discerning of spirits. This is God reveals something from heaven to man, and we would not know any other way. So this is God. He's revealing something from heaven to you, and we would not know any other way. B, all right? Then you have also power gifts, we call them. This is the gift of faith, the gifts of healing the working of miracles. God does something for man through man. I like that. God does something for man through man, and that's how he uses the power gifts. And then, see, we have inspiration. The inspiration gifts are prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. God flows blessings through you to others by, here it is, very important, edification. Say that with me. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. This is so important. This is so important. Again, I mean, nothing disturbs me more in the ministry when when people get off and they get over into the inspirational gifts, but there's no tagline for edification. There's no tagline, listen to me, for exhortation. There's no tagline for comfort. Then those are not, they're not using the gift properly. Because that gift is to be used to inspire, inspiration, and this is what it should do. And so if you ever leave anyone's company and they say, I have a word for you, and you leave and you're all beat up, and they're telling you all about this and that and speaking negative words over you, I would tell you, does that inspire you? Of course not. Of course not. So we have to learn. We have to learn that when we're ministering to people, allow the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit to function through us correctly. Again, we're going to talk more about each of these, the revelation gifts, power gifts, and inspiration gifts on next week. All right, let's continue. The gifts must operate in unity and love. You see, I tell you this, 
My, 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 my. We've seen people are gifted. They're anointed. God has called them and appointed them to ministry. We know that. But then, then and while they're ministering, understand this, that be, have you ever seen like water run through a pipe? And if you take that water running through the pipe, it looks like there's dirty water that's running through there because inside the pipe, you know, there's just all kinds of stuff in there, dirt. And what happens is you have a cup. If you took a cup and put it under that pipe and it poured right into it, you can see that's just not all clear water. And so what happens is this. When the gifts of the Spirit begin to flow through people, and then sometimes you have to understand that's part of that person. Come on, somebody. That individual, right, it actually comes out in how they minister, in their personalities, in their giftings. Are you with me? And so because of that, we must understand that, that no one is perfect. Say perfect. But what happens is they do their best to listen to the Holy Spirit in flow along those lines. And I think that there's nothing worse in the body of Christ when we're ministering. We're not ministering in unity and, listen to this, love. Love. Everything that we do, everything that you do, should all be about love. Love. I love you, brother. I love you, sister. I love, I mean, just love because the gifts of the Holy Spirit, understanding this, you know, if I don't have love, then understand this, that we're nothing. If we don't operate in love, then our gifts are meaningless. Not, listen, that God has chosen to use us and how he's using us through those gifts. But listen, we've got to learn how to walk in love. Say walk in love. So there's power in unity. B, diversity in the body is by God's design. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and this is where we're just about to finish up. And we see here, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we have to get this. Diversity in the body is by God's design. God loves diversity. God loves people who are different from, from different shapes and sizes and personalities. And, you know, come on, he loves all of us. So we see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through 14, let me begin. It says this, for as the body is one and has many members, can you say many members? But all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Verse 13, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Lester Summerall said this about the gifts of the spirit, power without love can be disastrous. And when we have the power of God, and we're not using the power of God properly, and there's no love flowing out of us, it can be disastrous. And that's what has happened in many, many churches. It's not that the gifts of the Spirit weren't, weren't to be used. It's not that the gifts of the Spirit, you know, are not for today. That's not the case. What has happened a lot of times, they weren't ministered in love. And things began to fall apart and disastrous, and the people got hurt. And people did, you know, they said things they shouldn't have said, and people felt things that they shouldn't have felt, and that's not God. That is not how the gifts of the Spirit operate. So he said power without love can be disastrous. So notice this. These gifts without love are worthless. That's your blank. They're worthless. You have to have love. We have to have love. 
And so I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, and then verse 8. 1 Corinthians 13. We said all of this, everything that I've said to get to this point, and I love it. These gifts without love are worthless. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clinging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Verse 8, love never fails. But where there, there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. And whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. So, body of Christ, my whole purpose this morning, this first part, is just to introduce to you the importance of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and how they function in the local church. And for us not to be afraid or fearful that something is going to go wrong if we allow the Holy Spirit to move in our lives and move in our ministry. There's things that we just cannot do, and we need the help of the Holy Spirit. Come on, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. Will you stand on your feet? And I'm going to ask God to put a hunger in you, to put a desire in you, and that he would fill you with this desire to learn more and more about him, the Holy Spirit, and to be used in the body of Christ so that God will use you to touch people's lives. So God will use you to be a blessing. Heavenly Father, we thank you. For everything that has been said and done, we give you glory. We give you honor and praise. And, Lord, you have a divine purpose during this end time for every one of us. You've given us a a calling. You've given us a ministry. And, Lord, I pray, my prayer is simply this, that you will help us to uncover, to discover, to walk in. Father, the divine deposits, truth impartations concerning the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you have given to every person here this morning. And that we would use them properly that we would give out, we would humble ourselves and and give out of the gifting so that you would make us a blessing everywhere we go and everything that we do. Lord, you know the needs of our people. But during this end-time harvest, in order to get it done, we all must take our place. We all must step up to the plate. Lord, give us the boldness to step out and to do what you have called us to do. We can't do it on our own. We need the Holy Spirit working and functioning in us and through us today. And, Father, I pray, lastly, for anyone here this morning, there may be needs in their personal lives. You know every need. You know everything that's going on today. And, Father, we pray for spiritual needs to be met. And maybe perhaps those who who have not drawn close to you, have been away from you quite some time. And now, Lord, that they're, they're saying, I want to come back home. And they're willing to do that. They're stepping forward across that line this morning. Oh, I pray for them right now, Lord, that you speak to their hearts, strengthen them, every one of them. Father, I pray for those who may have needs in their body, that you would heal them from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. 
and that, Father, every organ, every tissue, ligament, joint, cell, bone in their body functions and works properly right now in Jesus' name. And those, Father God, that are needing help financially, bless them, increase them. Those who are believing you for employment in favor of God, that they receive that even right now. And that favor flows in their lives even now. And, Father, we thank you that whatever we put our hands to prospers and increases. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. And thank you for touching the hearts of our people. And I do want to say this, that if you're needing prayer this morning, we'll be down front after.